Hello and welcome to Daddy Never Cried, a podcast dedicated to sharing stories of our fathers. I'm Gary Best and I'm joined by Dr. Cindy Carter, psychotherapist and professor of psychology. Welcome, Cindy. Thanks, Gary. I'm glad to be here. Our guest today is Joss and he's going to be telling us about his father and I'm going to be turning it over now to Dr. Cindy Carter. Welcome, Dr. Carter. Thank you, Gary. Um, welcome, Joss. I'm glad you're here. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. We're looking forward to hearing a little bit about your father and what parenting was like for him and for you in France. All right. What I'm doing this interview with uh, my newborn baby, she's like two months. So you could hear her in the background. Uh, that's, that's so great, because now we get to hear what it was like for you to be fathered, and we get to hear what it's like for you to father. I was thinking about it the other day, uh, the different parenting between the American one and the French one. And the American version that I have is from the movies and TV shows, and it's very different from the, the French one. The father in the US shows more emotions, I should say. Like in the U.S., uh, every parent are saying, I love you to their kids, hug them. We don't do that. We don't. I said one time to my mother, I love you. And she said it one time to me. It was at the same time. It's because I, uh, I ran away from my house for like eight hours. And I came back after eight hours. She didn't know what I was. I was about 15 years old. That's the only time we said it to each other. And with my dad, never. So with your mother, the only time that happened was in a time of crisis, when maybe she thought oh, yeah. she'd lost you. Absolutely. And you both confirmed for each other that you loved each other. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you say that about your perception of American fathers, because I think that Americans would say that is uh, a a perception you got from the movies that is not very consistent with reality in American fathers and, and sons. I, part of the reason we started this podcast is because there seems to be a, a eternal yearning and international, I think, yearning for a little bit more of a close relationship with our fathers. And uh, the fact that we, we called it Daddy Never Cried is uh, the fact that uh, most American fathers uh, uh, maybe don't show that emotion or that seems to be uh, a lot of the folks we've interviewed so far. So uh, I, I think it's very interesting that your perception from movies and television is that American fathers are, are saying <laughs> I love you and hugging their kids all over the place. And making breakfast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So what was your father's, uh, what was his occupation? What did he do? He was an employee, an employee at a bank. Mm -hmm. um, a big bank, but just an employee, not a banker. Uh, when I was a kid, I thought he was a banker. They made it short, like, oh, he's a banker. I'm like, oh, cool. So, you know, when you write it at school, what your parents are doing, I was like, banker. I remember the teacher was like, huh, he's a banker. <laughs> wow, we're not that rich. So I don't know. So, so then I realized it was, an employee of a bank. <laughs> it was way different. Um, so that was his job. He did it. He worked over there. He started at 15 years old. You know that, that back in the days, you start to, to work in a company at 15 years old and you stay 
until you retire. Uh, but so Josh, he stopped school at age 15 yep. and began working full time and never stopped. Exactly. So I'm curious about uh, uh, how did he discipline you? Pretty much it's, it's both my parents because that's the that's why I think it's interesting that you are having me <laughs> today to show that uh, my my father was pretty much he was here but here it's like if we he need something here, we ask him did you say he was here but not here yeah so pretty much he was present in the room but that's it so if you need something you would be like eh, ask your mother or he will do his things like he will leave and come back he's not living for like a few days he's just living for a couple of hours whatever where are you he's like oh, i went for a walk Okay. Um, this type of thing is like, hey, I have homework to do. Yeah, try try by yourself. I'll check it out later. And my mother every time was like, oh, if it's a history question, just ask your dad. And I was going to see my dad. Hey, I have this homework about history. He's like, yeah, uh, here's the answer. Okay, just leave. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. Do you think your experience was? Uh, consistent with most of your friends' experience with their fathers in France, or uh, was your father uniquely uh, uh, stoic or uh, uninvolved? But the thing also, it's because uh, because my dad, uh, when he turned 40, he got a, a seizure, a big seizure, and he had to stop working. He, he moved from like full-time to part-time, and then uh, they, they had to move away the people, you know, they had to restructure the company, the, the bank or whatever. So then he got pushed away. And, but then he was at home the whole time. So that's one thing different with my friends is their father are pretty much still working because they're not all retired. So they're still working. The mine stopped working, let's say 45. So then he was at home. Uh, and I say was because he died uh, a month before he's 60 years old. So it's been seven years, eight years now. Uh, so he was at home for like 15, the last 15, 20 years, uh, every day, taking care of my dogs, taking care of my sister. He was mostly taking care of my sister more than my brother and I. So do you um, have a particular memory of a moment when your father... Um, show tenderness or emotion or uh, hugged you and, and said he was proud of you? <clears throat> well, I remember one time and that was the week before he died. It was my brother's wedding. He died a week after my brother's wedding. Mm -hmm. Who knows? I don't know if he pushed it. <laughs> like I'm going to keep pushing. Um, so crazy story, you know, anyway, at my brother's wedding, I break a bone on my back. I fall and I break a bone. You broke and a bone in your back? Yeah, I broke two, I broke two bones, like the, it's called uh, L4 and L5. So it's not, you know, it really hurts. It really, really hurts, but you can't, you can't die or you cannot be paralyzed from it, but it just really hurts. And anyways, the wedding, so I'm sitting on a chair can't move I'm almost passing out you know so they give me like water and sugar so I get back to normal like 
my, my brain is back to, okay, I can see clearly. And after a couple of hours that this happened, I didn't want to go to the ER because it was the waiting. And my dad saw me in pain. You broke your back on the day of your brother's wedding and you attended yeah. the wedding by drinking yeah. sugar water so yeah. that your brain could function clearly. Yeah, and I didn't go to the ER because, uh, you know, it was the waiting. You don't want to go to the ER and everything. Families, everybody's here, so. And your father I, saw I you? Your father saw oh, he, you? He saw me in pain. He saw me in pain. And two hours later that this happened, I was sitting on this chair, could barely move. I could just slowly walk around, but that's it. Like from one chair to another. He went to see me, tap on my shoulder, look at me and left and walked away. And that's it. I was like, hmm, he's showing emotions towards me. It was the first time. He, he was showing you that he cared about you by yeah. tapping on your shoulder and saying, look at me. No, no he, didn't he didn't say, say anything. He, he, just... looked, he looked at me. I looked at him. And that was it. We understood each other. I looked at him. He looked at me after he tapped on my shoulder. And he walked away. That's it. That was the biggest. Because he was never never say anything you know about this but just by doing the the motion that was it that was enough that was, that a was, lot. A big, that was actually a lot that was a lot that was a big deal that was a very mm -hmm. big deal yeah oh my when you think about that now you're looking back from a, a place you're a father now you're mm -hmm. looking back what what comes to you when you think about that now and I don't know if it's because I knew I was becoming a dad, but with my brother and sister, we've been talking a lot about it and asking questions to my mother uh, and even about her, about her way to parenting. And they were pretty much leaving us like, okay, you guys wake up, get your breakfast, go outside, go play soccer, go take your bicycle, come back for, come back for lunch, after lunch, go back outside, and come back before it's dark. That was it. That was our weekend's and Wednesday afternoon. So <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about this and I'm like, well, I would like uh, to give a tiny bit more structure to my daughter, at least asking her what she's been doing the whole afternoon. Because we've been doing a lot of stupid things that even as a joke now with my brother and sister, we talk about it. We're like, oh yeah, we're playing in the sewers. We've been playing the whole summer in this sewer and you never knew we were trying to throw rocks and find weird things and beat up each other. And she was like, you guys were doing this? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> the whole time. Stealing stuff in stores, uh, asking people money like, hey, uh, I got a problem with my bike. Can you give me a, not a dollar, a franc? Can you give me a dollar so I can call my mom and she will pick me up? And we're trying to get money this way so we can buy candies. And, with, and we probably passed a bunch of pedophiles because a bunch of them said, hey, I can drive you home if you want. I was like, eh, just give me my franc. Just give me, just give me coins. You know, <laughs> I don't need you to, dri to drive me home, man. So I'm curious. Um, so you have this perception of American, American fatherhood based on uh, me, movies and television. And you have your father and your mother. And uh, so do you, 
now you have your own child. Do you make a conscious decision and say, I'm going to say I love you more often. I'm going to, I know you say, talked about the structure, but, uh, or is, is, uh, is the other way an ingrained part of you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would like to, well, now my wife is very, uh, my wife is American. Mm -hmm. She says, I love you and I'm sorry all day long. <laughs> all day long, it's almost too much. I'm like, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Especially the I'm sorry. Same, we never said it in my family. I'm sorry, never said it. So when someone said, you're like, dude, why are you so weak? Why are you saying I'm sorry? It's so weak. Dude. Just, my God, just don't say anything. You know, just say, okay, cool. And that's it, we're done. But don't say I'm sorry. And for my, my daughter, so I'm going to go halfway, okay? Halfway, the American halfway and the French way. So I will say it but once a day. And that would be plenty, I think. <laughs> It's better than never, but it's better than 20 times a day. You're going to save and, it for uh, special occasions. I, like, I want to know. Yeah, at least it still means something like, oh, we said it today. So, I mean, it was a big deal. He was very proud of me or, or I really messed up. <laughs> and, well, but with my daughter, I would like to know, I would love to know what she feels about things she's doing. It's cool. Is it? Are you, do, are you good at school, you know? Do you have any problem in math? Let's check it out together. Do you want to do, what kind of sports would you like to do? And if you want to do it, why? Because when I was a kid, I did a bunch of sports, but then because I guess I got lazy at some point, I was like, hey, I'm done. And my parents were like, okay, you're done. And then do you want to do another one? But who knows? I could have probably appreciate to get pushed a tiny bit by my parents. Like, you sure you want to quit? Uh, I call it bike racing, like you know, like the Tour de France stuff. I used to do a lot of things like this, like biking or playing soccer or volleyball. But every time I was like, "Hey, I'm done after a, a semester." And so you'd be a, a, a little more involved as a parent than your your parents were in your your daughter's yeah. everyday life and then being in them. So I think our audience is going to be curious. How did you break your back? <laughs> no, you don't want to know. <laughs> it's, so, it's just stupid. You know, when you break something, it's just stupid. It's I wish I would have. Well, first of all, when you, I, I, um, I am a movie maker. Uh -huh. I write stories and I shoot movies. So the first thing when I broke my back, I thought someone shot me. But nobody, oh, but nobody has a gun in France. Nobody has a gun in France. So I'm like, that can't be. But it feels like I got shot. <laughs> no, I was on the, it was a mechanical bull, you know, for rodeo stuff. Yes. And I was with a friend on it and I fell on his knee and that's it. Was there liquor involved? Of course. <laughs> of course. Every good story is. Starts with the involved. Well, it was his brother's wedding day after all. Mm -hmm. right? It has to be some. So alcohol. it took me, it took me, thirty-six hours before going to the ER. They did an X-ray and I got a double fracture. I thought it was a muscle. A double mm -hmm. fracture. A double fracture. Yeah, thirty-six yeah. hours, and I walked to the hospital. <laughs> it was the longest. It was the longest mile. 
I have awoke. <laughs> well, there is a theory that we do everything for the stories. And so you you have a, a story about your father or your brother's wedding that uh, yeah. fairly unique. Yeah, good, good. Absolutely. Some people say I tried to bring the attention. I didn't have <laughs> enough attention because that was his wedding. That's the joke. It got your family. mother to touch you on the shoulder and uh, give you the look of love. So that was... Yeah. <laughs> I got all of it that day. Uh, well, this has been so great, Joss. We thank you so much for being with us. Uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, every, every story is unique and uh, we sure appreciate yours. Thank you, Joss. Thank you very much, guys. And that's our show for today. Thank you, Dr. Carter. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Join us next time for Daddy Never Cried. And please, we're looking for your stories. Go to our website, daddynevercried.com, and you can learn how to submit your stories for possible consideration for the podcast. We'll see you next time on Daddy Never Cried. My daddy never cried. He never shed a tear. Had trouble showing love. Forget about fear. Whatever pain he had.